You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you stories that remind us who God is and who we are in Him. The Collected Podcast is a production of Collected Ministries. Follow Collected on social media at Collected Podcast. And be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and additional content related to today's episode. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 11 of The Collected Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jess Biondo, and this week I have a really special guest on. Um, Her name is Crystal Kennard, and I met her at a church that I've spent some time at in the past couple years in Nebraska. And every time I have met Crystal, I've just been blown away by her kind spirit. There's something about her that just makes you want to know her and you feel so welcomed by her. So Crystal, you probably haven't heard that, um, but that is just how I have felt every time I've met you. And so after the first couple times of being at your church, I was like, I need to know her story. I need to have her on the podcast. So Crystal, thank you for joining me today. Well, thank you very much, and thank you for those kind words, because um, when when it was mentioned to me that you wanted to interview me for this, I was really surprised. I was like, me? Why? And um, so it's truly an honor to be here with you today, so I appreciate the opportunity. The honor is all mine, and I'm excited to hear your story. So to dive in, let's just start with how you came to know the Lord, and you know, we'll kind of see where that story takes us. Okay. Well, I feel very um, fortunate um, because I was raised in the church. My parents had us in church every single Sunday. Um, My dad was a pastor's kid. And so he was in church every Sunday. And my mom was also raised in the church. And so um, I was the youngest of three kids. And that's just what our family did. We went to church and church was a very big part of our lives. Um, we did play sports. And so there were weeks during the summer where we attended our sporting events. My, both my brother and I were really into sports and traveled a lot. And my dad did too, actually. And so, um, but besides that church was our life. It was what we did when the doors were open, we were there and, uh, we actually lived 30 minutes away from church. So we lived in um, Vancouver, Washington, and our church was in Portland, Oregon, And so we had to travel quite a ways to get to church. But even that, um, even with that, our our parents took us there and we were very, very involved. And so um, church was always something that I did and um, understood who Jesus was from a very young age. My grandma was um, a pastor's wife and she also led a holiness camp, um, kind of a, it was a campground. And so uh, there were times during the year where we would uh, go and be a part of that holiness camp meeting. And I just remember growing up and spending time there as well. Um, But that's where I was, um, that's where I was saved, I would say, at the age of seven um, during a holiness camp meeting um, with just as I am, the old hymn playing in the background. And I just made that decision Um, for Christ as a seven-year-old. And so I was young, um, but I always had um, the love for Jesus. And and really, how much can you truly understand it at that age? I've grown to appreciate how all that happens, but um, I just was in church and, and knew that there was a Jesus. But now as an adult, I think, wow, God's grace was with me 
um, and just understanding what grace means. And, and he, he had me all the time. He was with me. And, um, I just, I feel so, um, blessed that, um, you know, I, I never fell away from him now. Am I perfect? No way. (laughs) Um, have I made lots of mistakes and just, you know, daily? Um, yes, but, um, I, I went down to the altar as a seven-year-old and um, gave my life to Christ. And that was kind of that big moment. Now, as I've um, grown in my knowledge of Jesus and, and my knowledge and, uh, you know, of who he is and, mm-hmm. and what it means to be a Christian and, and what it means to now be a pastor, um, I understand uh, the calling that he had on my life. And um, I also... Uh, recognize that when I was a teenager, um, I would say probably 16, 15, 16, 17 years old would be the time when I, um, I surrendered fully to him. So I always, um, you know, I always say like my hands are up and, and I'm just this yielding to his spirit um, probably came in high school. And so I was always tender to the call of Jesus, I was always tender to knowing who he was. And he lived inside of my heart, you know, as a youngster, but really fully yielding my life to him came um, probably as a high schooler. And um, I just now as an adult, I recognize that, that, that full surrender, because that recognition that I need him and I want him and I want to give my life for him. Um, I didn't understand at that time that I would be called into full-time ministry and what that would look like for my life now, you know, um, many, many years later, but he just, he always seemed to have a call in my life. And so um, I feel, I feel really blessed. Yeah. How did you end up in full-time ministry? Well, um, my husband and I, um, we were married um, probably through three or four years and we were, uh, we had moved, first time I'd ever moved away from home. We moved about an hour outside of town uh, up into this beautiful resort mountainous area. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Columbia River Gorge uh, out in Oregon, but I was like, you're not describing live. Nebraska. No, 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 not Nebraska. <laughs> Columbia River Gorge up in the mountains, you know, um, and he was a controller. So he's a, has a degree in business administration and finance. That's his BA. And then I have a teaching degree. And so we were, we didn't have any children and we went to this little town and he was working in the hotel industry as a controller. And I was working in the elementary school as a fourth grade teacher. And we were very uh, involved in a Nazarene church there in a little town. And um, we got close, we grew close to the pastor and his wife and we were just serving. We were serving in any way that we could, however we needed. There was a, a young adults group there. Um, and I don't know, the Lord separately began to call each of us, but we weren't, we didn't necessarily talk about it with each other. So first, um, the Lord called Barry into full-time ministry. Now he would tell you that um, he missed the call in college and he ignored it. Um, He has a a brain for math and um, business. And so he would hear God calling him um, in chapel services at college, but he kept saying, no, 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 I'm really good at math. I'm really good at business. And so he ignored it. He said it, he set it aside. No, that's not for me. And so in this um, little mountain town, um, 
we, we grew a little quieter with our surroundings and um, life slowed down a little bit, even though, you know, at that time we didn't have children, but life, you know, seemed to slow down a little bit enough that um, we could hear his voice. And so God was telling Barry, Hey, listen, are you going to come do what I've been asking you to do for years? And then all of a sudden, without us communicating to each other, he was telling me the same thing. You, you guys need to go do, Barry needs to go to school. And so we came together one day and said, hey, listen, God's been kind of telling me this. this. And so um, what do you think? And it's like, no way. He's been telling me this too. So we didn't have kids at the time. And so because we are um, members of the Church of the Nazarene, the, the seminary is in Kansas City. And so um, we decided, uh, I think this was amazing that we didn't have kids at the time. And it wasn't for, for trying. We were trying to have kids, um, but it wasn't happening. And so um, we just packed up our lives and um, drove across country and moved to Kansas City for him to go to seminary. So um, everything fell into place. All the doors opened. Uh, we worked at Mid-American Nazarene University. We were dorm parents. And so he was the kind of a dorm dad. I was the softball coach there. And uh, we worked on the college campus and loved it. We loved the students. We were there for six years. Um, and Barry um, got, he was, he was ordained in the Church of Nazarene and did his seminary work. And so I still was um, not, uh, I hadn't been called at that point. I was called and, and we were pursuing Barry's call to ministry and he was ordained and I had my first baby. And then we moved back to Washington state, back where family was, where home was um, for our first church. Mm -hmm. And um, I was always very involved in ministry with Barry. I was always serving with worship or children's ministries or wherever I could, I could fill a need. Um, and, you know, in small churches, there's a lot to be done. And so I always helped serve. Um, and over the course of a few more years, um, I, I began to, to get more involved in children's ministries. I was teaching at school again. I had my second baby and um, I was teaching. And uh, but then I was doing children's ministries uh, at a church. And all of a sudden, I just God just said, listen, this is what I want you to do. I want you to be in ministry with your husband. And, um, I, you know, I, I, he, he didn't tell me exactly which direction, like what, you know, exactly what you're going to do, but he's, he's like, this is where I want you. And so, um, that's when I began pursuing, um, the schooling, but see, I had three babies at that point. So then I was, um, working in, in ministry alongside Barry. Um, I wasn't school teaching anymore. I was raising the babies. And then I started school full time. Wow. So, yeah. So it was, it was, uh, it took me about oh, five or six years to work through the course of ministry and the um, study for this um, ordination in the Church of the Nazarene. So it was, it was an interesting time. So that's how that all that happened. Wow. And I love that, you know, when you and Barry were first called, the Lord confirmed that for you separately. You know, mm -hmm. and then you came together and you were on this path and the timeline of you entering full-time ministry was different than Barry's, but like God's hand was in all of it. And mm -hmm. 
I mean, that just hits me right now. You know, you said then you went to school for like five or six years. Like that's a commitment. And yeah. it's not like, you know, you you had this feeling of, okay, Lord, this is what you want me to do. And then it's not like it happens overnight. I think so many times we hear people's stories and they we see where God has brought them now. Mm-hmm. But it's easy to skip over all the training and all that God did in their hearts and their lives to tr- teach them and prepare them. And I don't know, it's easy. I feel like right now I'm in like a valley of like trying mm-hmm. to figure some things out. Mm-hmm. And the timing is not what I thought it would be. And so it just really speaks to me right now to know that like God's timing is not my own. And that yes. doesn't mean that it isn't good. Mm-hmm. even though it feels really hard sometimes. Yes, yes. Sorry, I'm getting very emotional. That's okay. We, we prayed that the Holy Spirit would just yes. take over, and He That's is. That's right. That's right. So is there a time in your life where you feel like you've walked through a valley and were just really held by the Father? Well, I mean, going back to those five years or so where I was studying, I wanted to give up, you know, a hundred times. Yeah. Because I had I had little babies. I mean, I my oldest was was nine, and then all the way down to a bare, barely two year old, and um, you know those were very formative years for my kids. And I was studying, I was doing online work, so I was working full time in the church doing worship. And I was oh, by the way, I was homeschooling my kids. Oh, oh so wow. I was homeschooling these kids. And then I was doing, you know, studying. So late at night, you know, they'd go to bed and then I would sit in my chair and do all my online stuff. So those were really difficult days because I kept saying, okay, these are formative years. These years are important. I'm homeschooling my kids. Why, you know, and I didn't really have this direction of, well, this is what it's going to look like. I'm going to, I'm taking you into children's ministries. I'm taking you into worship. I'm taking you into you know, adult discipleship. I didn't know. I didn't know the direction. I didn't know how it was going to work with Barry either because he had been ordained since, uh, you know, 2001. He was a lead pastor for the most of of those years. And I didn't know how I would fall in, what Mm -hmm. that looked like, you know, what did God have planned? How would that look for both of us? And so I just kept saying yes to him, but I also didn't know what it would look like. And it didn't really kind of make sense to me. Um, But yes, have there been valleys? Absolutely. Um, I would say ministry is it's, it's its own, you know, valley. (laughs) I mean, the, the thing about ministry that's so amazing is God gives you these nuggets, these little nuggets, and they happen often, but there's also these really low valley times and these little nuggets are sprinkled in there. And I would say for us, raising our kids in the ministry has been really, really difficult. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand that. It's not like I chose that. Um, And you know what? My kids didn't choose it. And that's been an interesting thing for me is my kids didn't choose this, but yet here they are. Yeah. And, and we're choosing all these you know ministry assignments that God is calling us to. And we're trying to be obedient and say yes to him. But you know what? That has meant moving. And that has meant living away from family, away from cousins, away from grandparents. And we're alone. Yeah. And so um, 
you know, and then I keep saying my kids didn't choose this, but God chose us and he chose to give those kids to us. And so somehow he's orchestrating all of this. And yeah. I believe at some point it's going to be a part of their testimony. Um, oh, yeah. But that is hard to see right now. Um, so inside of all of that, what I was just describing, I would say the valleys are the, the, the parenting. I wasn't prepared for that. Parenting is really hard. And, um, because of all the difficulties that we've had with ministry and the moves, um, starting over, um, being away from family, that's been really hard on our kids. And, um, and so, that that to me has been the most difficult part where I've had to really release my children to him and and just trust that this is going to be a part of their story and God's going to have to do the work. And, and you know, I think I'm a person that likes to plan and have things and figure things out and know what's happening. And, and, and you know, I, I have the lists, I make the lists and I look at the calendar and Everything's planned out for me, but what I've learned is that I I really can't control any of this, any of this with my kids. Um, God is going to have to do the work in them, and I don't know what it looks like, and I'm sorry that they've had to um, be along and go along with this ministry call, Um, but I I guess maybe I shouldn't say sorry because this is God's plan. Yeah. And, yeah. And so, and, but I don't know what it looks like. I don't, I don't know how it's going to end up. And so it's hard. It's really, really hard. Yeah. Cause I don't want them hurt. I didn't want them to be hurt, but mm-hmm. they have been. And so that's been tough. I think everything you're saying is so relatable to anyone listening, even if they're not in the ministry or don't have kids, it's still like, what you're talking about of having to release control of something you love so much. Yes. I get that. And like, mm-hmm. what encouragement or word of hope or wisdom do you have for somebody who is in that struggle of clinging to something so tightly that the Lord is asking them to release? Let it go. <laughs> I mean, I— You know, my oldest is 21 now. She'll be 21 this next month. And um, that's been really hard for me. Now my next one is is 18. And um, I really, I think this idea that we have control over our children or control over anything, as you're saying, it doesn't have to be children. I mean, it could be any relationship or any um, situation in your life. We have no control. And so for me, what I've been working on for years, and it's not something that has has happened overnight, but for years is just releasing the control, releasing it to him and and the trust. Um, And it's a journey. It doesn't happen overnight. And it also come, it also can come back and and bite you again, not bite you, but it, it can come back and sting. You know, and and you're reminded and, and, and then it's like, okay, okay, here you go, God. Okay. I'm sorry to try to take it back. I didn't mean to, um, but releasing that control, um, daily. Yeah. And what I've come to is life is all about Jesus Christ. Every single bit of this life, every single day is 
dying to Jesus Christ. And um, I have to love him more than anything else. And as a mother, um, that's really, that's quite interesting to think about because I don't, I mean, that's crazy to, to, to like, wait a minute. I mean, the love for my kids is, is so, so, so deep, but to be able to love Jesus more, it's like, whoa. So, um, that's where I've come. And in order to do that, I have to spend time with him. I have to be in the word. I have to pray. I have to have friends that are praying for me. I have to pray with friends. I have a really close friend. We pray with each other about our kids. Um, we, we help each other. We release our kids to God. And then we pray for our kids. We pray for each other's kids. Um, so doing it with somebody else, you know, having a trusted friend, but then it's that surrendering. It's complete and total surrendering of your life, of your will, of the control and saying, Jesus, you're everything to me. Yeah. Amen. It's so good. And it can feel so hard, but it's worth it. Mm -hmm. Like as painful as it is to release, I mean, God will never leave you hanging. No. Like, he's so good. Um, So along those lines, what are you learning about his character right now? Or what are you just loving about him in this season? Mm -hmm. Um, He is the God of hope. He he can be trusted. Um, He keeps his promises. And... um, I think sometimes when you're in the darkest night, (laughs) um, in the deepest valley, if you can hang on to the hope that he promises, he promises he'll be with you. He will not leave you. And regardless of what happens, I mean, you know, because I I have, I'm a worrier. I, I, I worry. I, I've always been somebody that worries. Um, so that's been something that I've tried to work on to let go of, to all these silly things that I worry about. He is there. He keeps his promises. He is faithful. So no matter what happens, he is going to be with me. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> and I mean, if we really live like that, like we really believe that and right and embrace fully what that means, it changes everything. Because mm-hmm. there's nothing to fear anymore. You don't have to fear releasing those things we were talking about a moment ago because you know God is faithful to fulfill His promises. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And well, we, we sing about it in church every single Sunday. Yeah. You know, I mean, the songs that we sing are about God's character, His goodness, His faithfulness. He keeps His promise. He can be trusted, you know, and, and so we just go through these motions of saying these words, but are we really living those out? Yeah. And that, and that's, that's, that's the trick. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. I can sing these great songs and raise my hands and, and, you know, yada, yada, but truly believing them. That's a different story. Yeah. And that's what we spend our lifetime Learning to do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
Along those lines, you know, as you've dug more into the character of God and learned who He is, the flip side of that is, what have you learned about who He says you are? So, oh, that's been that's been tough because what culture says I am and what my children say I am, what other people in the church say I am, those voices are really loud. Um, and you feel like you want to just give up and, you know, move to the mountains and live in a cabin by yourself the rest of your life, you know, um, because, you know, I was talking to our, our youth group about four weeks. We did a series on identity. And, you know, I was thinking, man, if I'm thinking about these things, about who, where my identity is found and, and, and the culture is telling me and, and I am struggling to believe this, right? And I've been a Christian my whole life and I'm a pastor. What in the world are these youngsters, you know, thinking? Because the culture is loud. And then um, those things creep into our homes, you know, through the words of our kids, through songs, through TV shows. Um, it, it's coming in and then the enemy, <laughs> Let's not forget about the enemy um, that's trying to creep in there. But the the doubt, the the doubt of who I am, um, it it can be really challenging to begin to find yourself believing those things and, um, you know, doubting who you are in Christ. That's really easy to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so if anyone listening out there is like, yes, I feel that. <laughs> I, yeah. I doubt. I don't, you know. Um, what are some truths that you can speak over them about their true identity? Mm-hmm. Um, your true identity is who you are in the core of your being. It's who God created you to be. It is remembering that God created you in his image. So you were created to be like him, to be like him. Now we recognize that we can't be God. (laughs) We know that, but he created us to be like him. He created us in his image. And so if we truly believe that we can strive for that, we can know that nothing else should be able to come in and tear us down because we were created beautiful. We were created beautifully. We were created wonderfully. We're his workmanship. But I think often we don't hang on to those things. We, we allow the enemy to get in there, to change um, who we think we are in the core of our being, who we think God intended us to be. And um, we just have to remember that we were created in his image and who he created us to be down here in the depths of our core. That's who we are. Yes. Amen. Um, I was at a women's conference last weekend, the If Gathering, if anyone oh, out there has yes. heard of it. Oh, so powerful. Mm-hmm. My church did a live stream of it. And at one point when Jenny Allen was speaking, she pulled out a little Nerf bullet. 
And she's like, this is all the devil has in his arsenal. Like sometimes it feels like he's hitting us with missiles, but it is just a little nerf bullet compared to the victory of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we can we just have to swat it away. Like we already have authority. We already have victory. We just have to recognize that power that we have and that authority we have in Christ and not let the things that feel like missiles derail our lives when they're only <laughs> when they're only toys, they're only Nerf bullets, you know? Mm-hmm. And I loved that picture. I was like, I need to get a little Nerf pistol and just carry it with me, like in every one of my bags. So if I'm feeling just attacked or hopeless or at my wit's end and I stumble across that, I can remember like, no, I have the authority of Christ in me who conquered death. That's right. We got to live like that. Yeah, that's right. Right. (laughs) Well, we give power to the, the outside sources. We give power to Satan. We give power to our thoughts and and to the images and to the what ifs and we we give power to those things yeah. and really they have no power over us Mm-mm. none and yeah. so those little tiny little small small bullets if we keep remembering that's what he's trying to use to knock us down he has no power over us yeah none yeah and lately i've been reminded too, like how fickle my feelings can be mm-hmm. and how something can feel so overwhelming. And there is real grief, and I'm not belittling any pain or grief that people are walking through. But like th- these feelings we can buy into about like identity and, yep. and, you know, the lies we can believe about who the world says we are versus who God says we are. You know, if we're feeling so discouraged or self-conscious, like those feelings aren't truth. Right. And I think someone out there needs to be reminded that the the words that are going through your mind are not the truth of the Lord. Right. They are the lies of the devil, and you can claim authority over them, and you can tell them truth, and they will have to flee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, too, in our world today and in our culture today— that's happening yeah. a lot. We have people believing the lies of the world, mm-hmm. and um, I mean, you can you can see where all that's <laughs> taken us, and it's you know it's heavy. It is, and um, you know, it's I don't know. It's really really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hard. So we're almost out of time. Yes, <laughs> goes so fast. Yes. So. As we wrap up, what final thoughts do you have? You know, can be about this topic we're talking about, or if there you feel like there's something else that the Holy Spirit is laying on your heart, what would you like to leave us with today? Oh, um, I just want to encourage, um, I guess I would like to encourage moms um, and, and parents. Um, I, I, and I know that's one audience, you know, that's one little audience of who you have. Um, so that, that may not reach everybody, but, um, that's okay. I'm walking in that, that yeah. life right now. I have a 13 year old and a, and an 18 year old and a 21 year old. I have three girls yeah. and, um, it's really tough and I'm doing the youth 
um, at our church right now too. So I have about 25 youth and my heart is so heavy for um, our, our youth of today and our young adults of today. Um, and this world is clawing for their souls and for their hearts. Yeah. And um, it's really, really, really heavy. And, and I, I, I say that as a, as a mom, because I'm seeing that with social media. I'm seeing that as a mom, but I'm seeing that as a pastor. Mm. Um, I'm seeing that as a, a mentor for other young um, kids. Just the, we have to be on our hands and knees praying for this um, generation. Um, it feels very overwhelming to me. Um, and I don't quite know how it's all going to go. And that takes us back to the very beginning of this time together. We talked about trusting God, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, because it seems way big. It seems much, much bigger than that, but obviously it's not. Um, but it, it it's, uh, it's really d- difficult. And so I would say that um, I just want to encourage moms and families um, get get help, get a friend, get a close confidant, um, pray, begin praying, um, work, work through, um, praying out scripture. Yeah. Um, you know, praying over our youth of today, youth of tomorrow, um, because it is very concerning to me. Mm. Would you close us out in a, a prayer? Mm-hmm. for yes. the next generation yes. and all the people raising the next generation? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I will. Yeah. Okay. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you praise today for this time together. Uh, we just want to pause and pray for our our children and our youth and our young adults, uh, thinking about this next generation that's that's coming um, it feels very overwhelming. Um, it feels so heavy. Mm-hmm. But God, as we've been talking today, you are the God of all things. You are all powerful, yes. all knowing. Um, and we and we talked about trusting you and believing, knowing that you're going to work. You have a path. You have a plan. God, we pray that you would help us to be lights, help us to be encouragers, help us to be people who pray, not just say, Hey, yeah, I'll pray for you, but truly be prayers Mm -hmm. of these kids and these teens and these young adults pray for them and lift them up to you and, and, and encourage them. How can we be encouragers to them showing your light and your love? How can we be genuine Christians God, would you give us that wisdom? Help us to know what to do. And God, thank you today for this time. Thank you for Jess. Thank you for this opportunity to just be together and talk and share. We do love you, Father, and we give you all praise. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Crystal, thank you so much for being on the show. And listeners, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, I'm not going to do a separate outro. I think we'll just kind of wrap it up here. And um, listeners, I hope you'll join us again in a couple weeks. We'll see you next time. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you'd help spread the word. Check back here for new episodes dropping every other Thursday. You can follow along on social media at Collected Ministries. 